online. These are different days in our country. This is a situation we've never faced, but God's not shocked. He's still on his throne. The leaders of our Southern Baptist Convention, as well as the President of the United States, have asked us to make today, which believers ought to make every day a day of prayer, but this is a national day of prayer. So if you feel so inclined and led to come and kneel together at the altar, if you don't today, I understand you can pray where you are, but if you'd like to join us at the altar, we're going to pray for some specific things that we've been asked to pray for today. We meet today in faith, and you know, the hardest thing for Airline Baptist Church is not to hug and shake hands because that's who we are. This is a friendly, friendly church. But somebody put their hand out this morning and said, I ain't scared. I said, and I ain't stupid either, okay? So I'm not going to be a, a carrier to somebody else. So we'll just do air hugs and we'll wave and we understand that this too shall pass. We'll get through this and we'll be able to hug and shake hands again. We'll have to make up for it in lost time. Amen? Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father, we are so thankful that the God that we serve is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that we serve is the creator of the universe. You created us and you sustain us. We're so thankful that nothing, nothing, nothing ever takes you by surprise. And Lord, we know from what you've told us in Romans 8, 28, that you will orchestrate the circumstances of our lives. And you'll allow all things to work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So God, I thank you that you take something even like a global pandemic to have people worshiping together as a family at home today. Lord, as churches gather today, we pray you put a supernatural shield of protection around our people as we trust you, as we worship you, as we exercise good judgment. Lord, we ask you in your mercy, Lord, to please stop this pandemic. Lord, you could stop it just by speaking the words even now. If you choose to give that supernatural wisdom to scientists and researchers on how to stop this, God, we ask you to please do that. We pray especially for places, remote parts of the world where our missionaries are serving today, where they don't have access to the medical care that we do. God, I pray you would give supernatural protection. I pray that you'd give wisdom. We pray for those that are suffering right now, Lord, in our own state and around the world. God, I pray that you would touch lives and raise them up that the name of Jesus might be praised. God, we pray for our governor. Thank you for Governor Kemp and the way he's been proactive in his leadership. We thank you for our president, President Trump. God, I thank you for a president who's called our nation to prayer. God, I thank you for a president who put Gainesville, Georgia in the news today because he said he'd be worshiping online with Free Chapel here in town. So God, I pray for my preacher brothers all over the globe. Empower us to share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, remind us today that our faith in Jesus Christ can triumph over all fears. So we pray for our national leaders, our state leaders, our local leaders. Lord, I pray for my brother Will Schofield as he leads our Hall County schools today. And Lord, we understand that people around us are fearful. They're in a panic because they don't know you. God, you use this pandemic to remind all of us of our own personal mortality, that all of us have an appointment with death one day if you don't come back in our lifetime and rapture us. So God, I pray you would use the fear that's in the hearts of people that don't know you to drive them to the cross. And for the rest of us who have the hope of the gospel in us, may we be sensitive as we're out and about going to the store, doing our business to share that hope that we have. Lord, teach us to number our days. 
Lord, in this time of worship today, help us to put aside the cares and concerns of the world to focus on Jesus, our soon coming King. I pray even today, somebody in this building or somebody watching, worshiping with us on the World Wide Web would give their heart and their life to you. May you be pleased in our time of worship today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I was reminded this morning that where two or three are gathered, we got that covered, amen. Let's sing out, let's worship God this morning. Let's let, let's let this be a very special day, okay? Okay, just focus on him as we sing together. You are good when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love on display for all to see. You are light, you are light when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sins. You are peace when my fear is crippling. You are true, you are true, even in my wandering. You are joy, you are joy when the reason that I sing. You are life, you are life, in you death has lost its sting. Sing it out.
Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail. this old hymn too. Play that, baby. How wonderful is my Savior. 
so grateful because of your faithfulness and because of your wonderful strength we don't have to be afraid God we just stand on that rock this morning God we just stand and proclaim you as Lord of all God of all and we're not a slave to fear or anything else God minds have been set free all over us this morning so God we just want to lift you up as you are good so so very good we love you. We thank you. Look forward to your blessings today, God, as we seek to serve you and lift you up above all things. In Jesus' name, amen.
Father, in a world that is constantly changing, in a world of great uncertainty, we praise you because our Savior Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you have been so, so good to us. The fact that we could get up and gather ourselves together today and be in your house, those that are home watching on the world wide web. God, thank you for that technology that makes it possible for the spread of the gospel all over the world. And Lord, in times like these, we know that more people are searching for answers than they are during just regular seasons of life. So God, I thank you that you have in your providence allowed us to enter into this season of great seeking. I thank you, Lord, that all that we need to know, all the answers we need to know for life are contained in the 66 love letters that we know as your word. So Lord, we praise you today. You alone are worthy of our praise. We thank you that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh that came and dwelt among us to be our savior, the satisfaction for our sin debt. Thank you that because he rose again over death, hell and the grave we too know that we can have life eternal beyond the grave speak to hearts this morning may the spirit of God draw people comfort people bring courage and faith as only you can send that name of Jesus that we pray amen and amen thank you so much Take your copy of the scriptures, if you will, and turn to a very, very familiar passage. It's not the passage on the back of your worship guide that was already printed for you, but the Lord just kind of redirected me for us to look at Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23 this morning, when you came in, you may have received an outline from one of our greeters. If you did not, it's a very simple outline this morning for you to, to follow along. If you're watching on the World Wide Web, we've posted that, links for that. You can get that. Uh, also email that for you to follow along and fill in. I'm so thankful that we could meet today. Only the Lord Jesus knows what the future has in store. So we just felt like for those who felt healthy enough and compelled by the Spirit to be here today, we wanted to open the doors to the church. Now I do understand that in some places the government, different governors have declared for people not to meet. It's not a matter of Christian persecution. It's not a matter of trying to squelch the gospel, but it's for the, the well-being of society. So I'm just telling you, if, if our governor asks us in the next week that there be no gatherings of 10, 15, 20, or whatever, we're going to obey Romans 13, 1. We're going to honor the government. And we're, one of us, if it's not me, one of, somebody's going to be right here preaching and we'll broadcast that on the World Wide Web. Isn't it neat that families who may have never opened the Bible at home together today sitting around an open bible on a computer screen or a television screen worshiping together it's part of romans 8 28 because of this pandemic people are searching for answers and people are filled with fear you can just about sense it if you're out in public my wife and i went out last night not expecting very many people to be there we went to your pie down in buford who's familiar with your pie some of the best pizza and they have gluten-free for me they had, it's pie day, so for $3.14, that place was packed out. Some folks may die because of $3.14 pizza. No, we're not going to be foolish, but we're going to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I submit to you that faith is always stronger than our fears. Faith is always stronger than our fears. It doesn't mean we don't have concerns. It doesn't mean we adjust society and our worship services accordingly. We're keeping our social distance today. We're asking our greeters to open the doors 
so all the different hands are not touching the doors. We're going to receive the Lord's tithes and our love gifts as you exit today. Also, within the providence of God, we just launched a brand new website this week. So this is taking people to see our brand new website. Uh, Chase will tell you more, Pastor Chase, at the conclusion of the service. Some Easter activities we're trusting the Lord that we'll be able to do. And you may have seen our billboards around town. They're pointing people to our website as well. So we're encouraging people. The work of the ministry goes on, and our faithfulness to honor the Lord today can impact what we do in the months to come when we look at youth camp and vacation Bible school and all of those things. So the ministries of the church continue. We're encouraging people to use our online push pay. If you go to our church website or airlinebaptist.org slash give, or we also have a new text to give within the providence of God. We just did this not knowing this was coming. So you can text Airline Baptist to 77977. We try to put that out on social media. There you go as well. Less hands touching, but now I, I submit I'm still old-fashioned. I just, I just wrote my check out this morning, okay? Maybe starting next week I'll start giving online, but it's one of, the, one of the last things that I write a check for. There'll be no Wednesday night services. The memory maker trip for this week is postponed. Talked to Brother Kirk this morning. The Iron Men gathering that we had planned, we're going to postpone that. The lemonade stand. All of these things, we're planning to do them later. They're just on hold right now because we, you may feel perfectly healthy, but you may walk out of here and you're around an older person or somebody like me who has compromised immune system. I have asthma. I have autoimmune disease. I don't want to be a carrier to somebody else. So we're wise. We don't live in fear. We trust the Lord. If you were here in our Wednesday night adult Bible study this week, Brother Doyle kindly said, what's the worst thing that can happen to us? As believers, we die and go to heaven. Amen. The best is yet to come. So we don't live in fear, but we want our faith to conquer our fear. Psalm 23, if you're physically able, would you please rise as we give honor? in reverence to the reading of God's word, specifically perhaps the most beloved psalm in all the word of God. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, not the government, not my parents, not the World Health Organization. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Even in times of uncertainty, God will give you supernatural rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even, even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I'll not be afraid, for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The psalmist says to God, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. And he says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. He'll pursue you all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. You know, one of the most, the most, exhausted times there is it may not necessarily be physical exhaustion but sometimes emotional exhaustion and physical exhaustion I've said sometimes after perhaps a long day of counseling and sharing the word of God with somebody you know because all the answers are here what's exhausting about it is when you share with people and they don't listen they say I know what the Bible says but and sometimes I just go home spent from that the Bible says that God will renew our strength so you can take a nap you can take time off, you can rest, but when we're physically, emotionally, and spiritually drained, we need a supernatural touch from Almighty God. 
The great abolitionist preacher Henry Ward Beecher writes this about the 23rd Psalm. He says, this psalm has filled the air of the whole world with melodious joy, greater than the heart can conceive. It's charmed more griefs to rest than all the philosophy of the world. Dying soldiers have died easier as this psalm was recited to them. It's made the dying Christian slave more free than his master. You know, many athletic teams, for whatever reason, choose to quote the 23rd Psalm either before or after their time of competition. For some of them, it may just be rote or a ritual, but the promise of God's word is it will not return void. So I think athletic teams may do that because it's a reminder in the fiercest battles of everyday life, whether it's COVID-19, cancer, heart disease, losing a job or not been able to find toilet paper in the grocery store. Whatever stress you have, God wants to renew your strength. The job of the shepherd was to protect and to provide for his sheep. Our shepherd is God's personal expression of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he's writing about in Psalm 23. And so like they say in that old Allstate commercial, you're in good hands when you know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. You're not just in good hands, you're in the hands that created the universe. Adrian Rogers used to say this, did it ever occur to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Nothing has ever occurred to God. He's completely, completely in control. So if you feel like this morning the world is shaken around you, went to visit my wife's aunt yesterday in assisted living because in reality, it may come up soon that we can no longer visit nursing homes in those places for their protection. We had to stop at the desk. We had to sign in. They took our temperature to make sure everything's okay. Now, Julie's aunt has dementia. She can't tell you what day it is, but she knew something was wrong. She said, what's wrong? People can just sense, even those with dementia, that something is not right. If you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, It may be all right and perfectly normal for you to be rattled and upset. But when you're in the hands of the one who created the universe, when your life is in the hands of the one who stretched out those arms on an old rugged cross and took those nails for me, we can rest in the Lord and allow our faith to overcome all of our fears. Write this down, number one. Let God strengthen you physically. Let God strengthen you physically. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I got all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You ever just get so tired you feel like a old rung out gas station dog? Some of you are old enough to remember gas station dogs if you've watched Andy Griffith or some of those. You just don't have any strength to do anything but just lay out there in the sunshine and just sleep. Perhaps you just need to slow down and rest in the Lord. I've had preacher friends say, I'm not going to burn out. I'm not going to rust out for the Lord. I'm going to burn out. I say God don't want you to do either one of those. God wants you to be wise, to listen to his Holy Spirit, because the reality for every preacher and every child of God, we can all do ministry 24-7 and we're still not going to touch all the needs there are in the world. So we have the Holy Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us and also give us that rest. If we're not getting that divine rest that only the Lord can give, we're going to be too depleted to minister to those around us. So slow down and rest in the Lord. I said to my mom recently, you know, we, I grew up in Cordill, Georgia, a little south Georgia town. All my grandparents were there, aunts and uncles, only one aunt who had moved to Gwinnett County. So every weekend we were together. I mean, every Sunday morning, Papa picked me up first. I'm the oldest grandchild, was and still am the oldest grandchild. And he picked us all up. We spent time together. We got together every Sunday after church for lunch together. And now we hardly ever see each other. 
My mama just lives down the road in Gwinnett County. I said, Mama, I don't think God ever meant for us to be this busy and this stressed out. And so it's one of the things I think Pastor Clint, when he was the interim pastor here, I believe he introduced this concept to you of simple church. Now, I have people all the time, hey, here's a good idea for us, preacher. Why don't we do this? Here's a good idea for us. Why don't we do this? As your pastor, part of my job is to protect your family, to make sure that you have family time to minister to the needs of your family. So while there's some great ministries out there, I don't think God wants us at this church house seven nights a week. There may come seasons of revival and special times that we do that, but you better prioritize your family second only to your relationship with the Lord. And even as, as, as preachers, I'm just confessing it before, you we can get so busy doing the work of the ministry that we forget the Lord who gave us that ministry he wants to sustain us physically and spiritually as well sheep need food and water to survive you've never seen sheep on the old David Letterman show doing stupid pet tricks because you can't teach a sheep to do anything when God calls us his sheep that's not really a compliment he's saying you're so dumb you can't do anything on your own but praise God we have a supernatural shepherd God himself that will provide all of our needs and give us that physical rest that we need there were not many green pastures in the Holy Land. I've never been to the Holy Land. Many of you have. Not a lot of green pastures there. They needed that shepherd to guide them to those places. Maybe right now in our world of COVID-19 and potential layoffs coming up, potential shortfalls. You've been to the store and seen the empty shelves. Can I just give you a little hint? I went to Kroger at 7 o'clock on Friday morning and they had plenty of everything. Not a whole, whole lot, but there was stuff there. Go early in the morning to find it. When God is the one that provides all of our needs, we're smart. We stock up, we get what they tell us to get, but we don't have to hoard things. We don't fill up our buggies in the grocery store taking everything for just our family when other people are in need too. God is the one that provides all of our needs. Hoarding, I think, is sinful. You ever felt like you're drowning? You're drowning in an ocean of troubles? If you turn the news for very long, you can feel that way. I got the little message on my phone this morning. Your screen time was up 9% last week. Do y'all get those messages? I said, because I've been reading all these news stories and praying and deciding, how do we deal with this as a church? Do we open our doors today or not? The prophet Isaiah wrote his book before the Psalms were written. Some people think that Isaiah chapter 43 was maybe an inspiration for David to write the 23rd Psalm. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1 says this, Do not be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid when you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do not be afraid, for I've ransomed you. He's redeemed us. I've called you by name. You are mine, God says. When you go through the deep waters, notice he doesn't say if. If you go through deep waters, he says, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. The sheep lacked nothing that the shepherd did not provide for them, and we will lack nothing. God says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, when you seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. We think about things that we think that we need. They're conveniences that we're used to, but we don't necessarily need those. If perilous times continue to intensify, and by all accounts, they've told us this thing is going to spread. Georgia had the, lar the largest increase in a 24-hour period from day before yesterday to yesterday than we have so far. It's just the way that these things work. 
So we don't panic. We don't fear. We know that God says you don't have to be afraid. And Paul writing to the church at Philippi said in Philippians 4.19, and this same God, this same God who takes care of me, he was in prison when he wrote this, the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now reference Matthew 6.33. That's a conditional word. When we put him first and his kingdom and his righteousness, then everything else will be added unto us. If we're more concerned about what we have and what we don't have and taking care of our own, we're not seeking the Lord first, so that promise does not apply to us. That is a conditional promise. Do you know that sheep are fearful and skittish creatures as well? It, they don't like to drink from running water. Sheep would not drink from running water. So the psalmist says, God says to us, I'm going to lead you to those quiet waters. The world's raging like a raging river and out of control. Right now, but God says, hey, let me take you to those quiet, still waters to renew our strength and to calm our fears. Well, you know what you know about still water with all the rain we've had? You may need to get rid of some of that stuff that's stagnant around our house because it becomes nasty and it becomes a breeding ground for mosquitoes. So when God says, I'll take you to the still waters, still waters that normally can become contaminated and nasty, only Jesus can take the stale waters of your life and make them sweet again when you let him do that. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Number one, the psalmist says, let God strengthen you physically. Number two, let God strengthen you emotionally. Let God strengthen you emotionally. That's what we're seeing. Fear is a very, very strong emotion. Now, if you come up on, you know, your, your car's about to go over a cliff, you're, you know, it's just natural to kind of be alarmed about that. But again, what's the worst thing that can happen to me as a child of God? I'm going to go to heaven. But God says, don't live in fear. If God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and you're experiencing that fear, where's that coming from? The devil, there's only two spirits in the world, the Holy Spirit and unholy host of hell. So if your life is characterized by fear and you're always gripped in fear, look within your heart and say, do I know Jesus as my good shepherd or not? And if I do, it's time for me to act like it and to trust in him and not to panic when the world around us is going crazy. They'll see a difference in you when you go to work tomorrow. When other people are freaked out and the stock market is like a roller coaster, up, down, up, down, and people around you are freaking out, but you experience and demonstrate the peace of God that passes all understanding. Don't make any sense. You may watch, we may watch all of our retirement evaporate this week, but you got the peace of the Lord because the best retirement plan I have is in heaven. It's with the Lord Jesus Christ. You may say my pay is not that good, but the benefits are out of this world for a child of God. Let God strengthen you emotionally. Look at verse four. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. Faith conquers fear. For you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff that the shepherd had protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Ladies and gentlemen, peace is not the absence of trouble. You know that, right? Peace is not the absence of trouble, but peace is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a child of God, the Bible says your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit that resides within you. That's why we ought to exude that peace to people around us who don't know him. Now, sometimes we know the truth in our head right here, but we forget to live it out. We know what the Bible says, but. One of the most dangerous sentences I ever hear is that. I know what the Bible says, but. There's no but there. If God said it, that settles it. And we need to line up behind it and obey that. He says, even when I walk through the dark valley of death. Have you ever witnessed anybody take their last breath? 
I know people are surprised when I say this because I've been in ministry for a long time. My dad was the first person I ever saw take his last breath. And there's just something about that whole process for, for my family, me and my two sisters and my stepmother was just exhausting because it went on and it went on. We knew where he was going. Daddy said he knew where he was going. Twice the hospice nurses came in to pronounce him dead and his heart started beating again. It was a, an emotionally exhausting thing. There are few things more exhausting than death. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, God will strengthen you even then. You say, what if I get diagnosed with this coronavirus, COVID-19? Even when I walk through the dark valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil. And you notice what he says there? I walk through it. I don't run through it because I'm not afraid of it. You know, the process sometimes we may be concerned about how we're going to get there, but I know where I'm I'm going. In fact, because my daddy thought it so hard, finally I said, Daddy, I think I know the answer to this question. I just got to ask you one more time. You're sure where you're going, right? He said, absolutely, I am. But it's just not normal to want to leave your family. I said, Daddy, we're going to be right behind you. You just go on. You follow that light of the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be there. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I'm not going to run, but I'm going to walk and I'm not going to stay in it. I'm going to walk through it through the dark valley of death. I don't go into it, I'm just walking through it. Out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Yea, the New King James says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Death is just a shadow. It looks like something more than it is. It's only a shadow. It's not the substance for the child of God to be absent from this body. It's to be present with the Lord Jesus. So I have no reason to fear. I love the resurrection chapter of scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 says, oh death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our good shepherd. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. King James says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This translation says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. It's the substance of death. The substance of death has been removed and it's only a shadow. If others are putting you down, if others are making fun of you, if you feel like the devil is attacking you, the good shepherd himself says, my rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd in biblical times used that staff to kind of correct the sheep and keep them in line. If they were out of line, he would whack them with that. Or he would use that to guide them through that. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Am I concerned about what's going to happen? Yeah, I've got some concern, but I'm not worried. If God takes you to it, God will take you through it. I picture the image when we we're allowed to have cruise ships. There are none moving out right now. But on a cruise ship, if there's a bad storm, have you ever been on a cruise ship in a storm? We have. I took students on a youth cruise one time, and my speaker was Jimmy Moneypenny was doing this, and I had kids throwing up. But if there's a little baby on that cruise ship, and they're sleeping in the arms of their father, they don't even know there's a storm going on out there. That's what our good shepherd wants to do for us. We just rest in his loving arms as our Abba Father. Abba's a term of endearment. And we'll be like that child in the midst of the storm-tossed life. We're just resting in comfort. Do you rest in the arms of your heavenly Father? Do you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life? When you decide to follow the Lord Jesus and live for him, have you noticed you're going to have some enemies? Have you noticed you have some people that think you're crazy and they mock you and they make fun of you? And you say, well, that's never happened to me. I would ask you, why not? 
Because Jesus in the Beatitudes says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. And we live in such a wicked, filthy society. Forget about COVID-19, but just in a normal day in America, the things that are paraded across the television and the things that are applauded. Did you see, even in trying to save lives in this bill, I'm not trying to be political. This is just an example of the world we live in. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, tried to put in a, a funding for abortion in that mess. Thank God for a president who said, I will not sign that. When people are dying, people are more concerned about killing more babies than they are protecting lives. This is a messed up, wicked world that we live in. So we're going to have enemies. But verse 5 says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Blessings. Let people mock you. Let people make fun of you. Let people tell you you're an idiot to believe in God. But God says, hey, I'm going to put out a big old um, church dinner on the ground spread right in front of them, and they're going to watch you enjoy that. It'll be a testimony of the goodness of our God, of his abundance. In biblical times, if you were the guest in a home, they would often anoint your head with that sweet perfume oil as a sign of blessing in that home. And if they filled up your cup, they would fill it up to overflowing. But the symbolism being, as long as you're in my house, we're going to bless you, and you're, we're going to have abundant blessings in this house. I forget who the old guy was who sang the song a number of years ago said I'm so blessed I'm drinking from the saucer because my cup is overflowing every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before on my worst day as a Christian I'm far more blessed as I ever was as a lost person on your worst day as a Christian you're more blessed than lost people around you because God says I'm going to anoint your head with oil I'm going to pour abundant blessings on you so much that you can drink from the saucer my cup runs over let God strengthen you physically let God strengthen you emotionally and finally number three let God strengthen you spiritually this is the most important point. Let God strengthen you spiritually. Verse 6 says, surely, must have been a southerner, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. I like to picture an old coon dog, like a coon dog pursuing me all the days of my life, and then I'm going to live in the house of the Lord forever. That's why we say all the time, the best is yet to come for the child of God. The word goodness there in verse 6 in the original language could be translated grace. What does grace mean? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. I could never earn it. I certainly don't deserve it. It's God's riches poured upon you, those abundant blessings with your cup overflowing at Christ's expense because Jesus paid it all. And then that word um, unfailing love can be translated mercy. Your mercy. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. Mercy is when God doesn't give me what I do deserve. Because you see, anytime somebody asks me how I'm doing and I tell them I'm blessed, because that's a true statement. I woke up today and I wasn't in hell. And I never, ever, ever will wake up in hell. It doesn't matter what may befall me, what the circumstances of the world may be. I'm the most blessed dude I know because I got a relationship with Jesus. My sins are forgiven. I know, I know, there's no doubt about it. He lives in my heart and I'm going to shout it. I know, I know, my sins are forgiven and I'm on my way to a place that's called heaven. Some of you gospel singing Jubilee fans just recognized that right there, didn't you? I just had a flashback. His grace and his mercy... In biblical times, they often had two sheepdogs at the back of the pack. You had the shepherd that was leading the sheep, and there were two dogs back there to make sure they didn't stray away. I like to envision and give those dogs a name. I believe their goodness and their mercy. Goodness and mercy are following me as I follow the good shepherd, and they'll follow me all the days of my life, and goodness and mercy is just going to stay behind me until I walk right through the gates of heaven, and I stand before the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Psalm 46 and verse 10, I confess one of the most difficult verses in all of the Bible for me, says, be still. 
I'm still for very long, I generally fall asleep, so I'm always moving. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be honored by every nation. Every means every. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. God is our protection. Who should we fear? So the Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. I have a relationship with the God of the universe. The next phrase says, I have all that I need. That's my supply. He is my supply. Kroger, Publix, and the federal government are not my supply. He's my supply. He lets me rest in green pastures. That's rest that nobody else, Salmon X and Tylenol PM can't give you the rest that he gives you. He leads me beside peaceful streams. That's those refreshing seasons of life that we need. He renews my strength. That's the healing that comes only from him. He guides me along right paths. That's God's guidance that I need because I'm a sheep too and the sheep are prone to wander and get off track. God says, I'll give you that guidance. And then he says, I'll bring honor to his name. That's purpose. The purpose of our life is to glorify God. When we went through the five circles and we went through the, the different purposes of our church, we exist as a church to connect people with God and one another, to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord, to serve God by serving others. That's our ministry. And ultimately, our purpose is to glorify God with our lives. That's our purpose, bringing honor to his name, purpose. Even when I walk through the dark valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid. That's protection, supernatural protection. For you are close beside me, God. That's his faithfulness. His hesed, the Hebrew says, is never-ending faithfulness. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. That's the comfort from the good shepherd. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. That's consecration and the blessings of God. My cup overflows with blessings. That's the abundance that God promises to give us. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. That's blessings like nothing else. And then he says, I'll live in the house of the Lord. That's security. One day God's preparing. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus grew up in the home of a carpenter. Not only is he deity, is he God himself, but he grew up in the home of a carpenter. And he says, he's preparing a place for me. Nothing that I could, I've been through the White House, I've toured castles in Europe, but what the Lord Jesus is preparing me is no comparison. That's that security, I live in the house of the Lord. And then he says, forever, that's eternity. What I'm going through on this earth, these 56 years have just flown by to me. But it's nothing compared to eternity. God's got my eternity all settled. Look at your conclusion here. Are you resting beside his still waters today? Are y'all freaked out about the pandemic? Are you allowing worries to consume your life? Are you resting beside his still waters? Number two, are your fears stronger than your faith? title of our sermon is faith is greater than fear but if we're honest today some here are watching on the world wide web may say well if I'm honest right now my fears are overcoming my faith talked to a dear friend of mine uh, not too long ago and I, I won't say too much because you may figure out who it is but just going through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty I'll tell you this lady is one of the most godly ladies I've ever known I've watched this lady minister to other people but they've had just a horrific six months in their life and she said Mike I just got to be honest my faith and my fear are fighting against one another that's even before COVID-19 came up are your fears stronger than your faith today Number three, how can you minister to others who are fearful about the future? You see, it's a tool of the devil. For a child of God, if we let that fear consume us, we miss opportunities to minister to people around us who are living in fear. And by the way, if they don't know Jesus, they ought to have some fear in their life. 
It's a wide open door. God never wastes a hurt. It's a wide open door for us to share the hope of the gospel. But if I'm so consumed about my fear and not finding the things on the grocery store or looking at the retirement, we're going to be so consumed with that. It's a tool of the devil. We miss opportunities to share the gospel. So how can you minister to others who are fearful about the future? Finally, number four, God's sheep know him. God's sheep know him and they follow his voice. Do you? Do you know him? Do you recognize that still, small voice? I'm not talking about an audible voice. It would probably freak me out if it was audible. But that still, small voice in your heart. And you know it's the Holy Spirit of God saying, this is my way, walk in this. Mike, you don't have to fear. I'm your good shepherd. Mike, I'm your supply. The world's not your supply. Your bank account's not your supply. I'm your supply. Do you know that voice? In John chapter 10 and verse 14, Jesus kind of ties Psalm 23 with John 10. Jesus said, I'm that good shepherd. I am. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. Do you? Do you know him this morning? I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you've joined a church or been baptized. I'm talking about a supernatural relationship that'll give you peace in the midst of the storm-tossed life. That peace that passes all understanding where God says in 1 John 5, 13, you can know that you have eternal life. I encounter too many people who say, well, I, I, think, I think I am. I think my good's gonna outweigh my bad. That is theological hogwash. If my good outweighing my bad is good enough, explain the cross to me. My good can never outweigh my bad. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. Only the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross erases my sins. People are worried about hand sanitizer, and that's a smart thing to do. But listen, one precious drop of the blood of Jesus will purify all your sins and wash them whiter than snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be whiter than snow. Do you know that life-giving power of the blood of Jesus? The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Has there ever been a point in time in your life and that happened to you? Maybe you say, well, preacher, I don't know the date. You don't have to know the date, but you just got to know that it happened to you. There was a point in time you realized, hey, coming to church isn't good enough because I got a godly mama and a godly grandmama. That isn't good enough. I had to, I'm going to stand before holy God one day and I've got to know that my sins are forgiven. So has the spirit of God ever convicted your heart? If you died today, you wouldn't go to heaven. Some people laid their head on their pillow at night and they lack that supernatural rest because they've never trusted Jesus as the good shepherd. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, if the Lord called you home tonight, do you know beyond any doubt you'd be absent from the body and present with the Lord? Scripture says you can know that. How do you know that? When you realize that all have sinned, everybody you've ever met, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. That's a big problem because the God that we serve is perfect and he's holy. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that one day we can be the righteousness of God in him. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin, that price tag, that paycheck that I've earned for being a sinner is death. I ought to be in hell today. I just confess to you, if I was God, I probably would have sent me there a long time ago. I deserve to be in hell. The wages of sin is death and separation, but the gift of God, a gift you don't have to earn, a gift you just received, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And listen, I'm not just hanging on by a thread till I get to heaven one day. You understand that, right? It's not just eternal life, but Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil, the devil that has the world in turmoil, the devil that has the world in a panic right now, 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're a child of God, he can't take away your salvation, but he can steal your joy. He can steal your peace. He can steal your effectiveness to be a witness to those around you that don't know the hope of the gospel. The thief, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, the good shepherd, said, I've come that you might have life, and you might have it more abundantly. A life that rocks. A life of purpose on this earth. So I'm not just hanging on by a thread till I get to heaven one day. I'm just going to help myself and enjoy the blessings of the Lord right here on this earth. That's what Jesus gives. I didn't have that. And listen, I wasn't a bad kid. My mom will tell you I was a pretty good kid. My sister was way meaner than me. We're on the internet. I hope she's not watching, but it's the truth. You know, ask anybody. She was a biter. She still is a biter if you try to pay the bill at a restaurant. She's my wife's agent. She will bite you. Am I lying about this to this day? So I always kind of stood out as the child that was better behaved. My sister says, if you ask her, I was the instigator and I just got her in trouble. I don't know what the truth was, but I was a pretty good kid. Even that wouldn't save me. Listen, I had the most godly grandparents. My little sweet granny, Faustine Dura, played the piano in a little country church, Sharon Baptist Church, maybe 50 there on a Sunday. Had some gospel sings that would shake the windows and the rafters. My granny wrote some hymns that she wrote herself. I had a, a, a godly legacy. But not until I was 15 years old did I understand that ain't gonna get me to heaven. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I didn't have that peace of God when I said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, that scared me to death because I didn't know where I would go if I die before I wake. But as a 15-year-old young man whose world was falling apart, my parents had just gone through a divorce a few years before. My granddaddy, my hero was dying. My great-grandmother was dying. You talk about a kid whose world, I built my whole world around my family more than anything else. It was ripped out from under me. And I said, God, I just need what these kids in my high school have that I don't have. I didn't know what it was. If they'd have said it was a left-handed cigarette or a fifth of liquor, I'd have, I'd have partaken of that to have the peace that they had. But as I observed them from a distance, I was a pretty shy kid. It's hard for you to imagine, but I was. I just watched them. And as I watched them during lunchtime, they'd go to Mr. Clark's algebra classroom and they'd eat their lunch together and they'd pray and they'd sing songs. I just looked through the window. I wasn't going, they didn't ask me and I just watched but whatever those kids have, that's what I need. Not until I realized they all went to the same church and I visited that church. There was something different about that church. The Spirit of God was there. They were in a season of revival. I realized I am a sinner. I'm a good kid, but I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. The Bible says there's none good. There's none righteous. No, not one apart from the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I had to bow my knee and say, I'm a sinner. Jesus, you're Lord. I had to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, Romans 10, 9. I had to believe Leave in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Because I knew it right here. My whole life I knew right. I just, my granny had taught me that. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus paid it all. That's one of, not the one that you sing, but another hymn that she wrote. He paid for you and me. I take that back was the name of her hymn. I knew that in my head, but I didn't know that in my heart. Once I bowed my knee, I took that white-headed preacher by the hand and said, I need to know I've never doubted it one day since then. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You too can be saved. Is that why you lack peace this morning? Because there's no peace like comes from the Prince of Peace and his name is Jesus. Xanax is not gonna give that to you. Jack and Coke isn't gonna give that to you. Only Jesus can give you that peace. Only Jesus can give you that faith that is far greater than our fears. Do you pray with me, church? Father, I thank you that I stand victorious today, not because I'm a nice guy, 
not because I'm a preacher, not because I love my wife and kids, but because I am a sinner who's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've cleansed me of all unrighteousness. All the promises of these 66 love letters are available to me when I apply the principles of your word. God, I thank you that I stand in victory today. If all my worldly possessions are gone tomorrow, God, I thank you that you gave me something. The world didn't give it to me and the world cannot take it away. God, I pray for people here today. I pray, pray for people all over the place watching on the World Wide Web. They lack that peace. Your word says it is so simple that even children can understand what it means to be saved. Thank you, God, that you've told us in John three sixteen that you love the world so much that you gave, you willingly sacrificed your only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him wouldn't die and go to hell, but have everlasting, eternal life. God, I pray right now for somebody in this building to do that. I pray for somebody watching on the World Wide Web, but just say from their heart, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm not perfect. You pray that from your heart. If you're unsure of your salvation, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner. You really believe that Jesus lived a perfect life? Say, God, I believe your son Jesus did that because he's your son. He lived a perfect life and never sinned. You say, God, I believe that. You believe Jesus left the glory of heaven to come to this earth for the sole purpose of being the sacrifice for our sins. You really believe Jesus allowed himself to be nailed to that old rugged cross? Say, God, I believe Jesus did that for me. You really believe that they laid him in that borrowed tomb? It had already been prophesied it was going to be a borrowed tomb. Say, God, I believe they laid him in that borrowed tomb. You really believe the victory of Easter that three days later he resurrected himself by his own power and he's alive and well today. He's speaking to hearts today and he's coming back to rapture his church one day, I believe, very soon. You believe that? Say, God, I believe you died and resurrected yourself for my sins. Ask him to save your soul this morning. Here in this building and on the World Wide Web, ask him to save your soul because you put all your faith in Jesus. Ask him to give you a faith that is far greater than any fear the world throws our way. Thank the Lord for saving your soul this morning. Thank the Lord that nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. You say, preacher, I know I'm a Christian, but boy, I've given in to the tricks and the schemes of the old slew-foot devil. I've let fear control me. I've missed opportunities to be a witness to those around me that don't know you. And I just want somebody to pray for me today that I will not let my life as a child of God be controlled by fear. If that's you, you say, I know I'm a Christian, but I've been giving in to this thing of fear. Nobody's looking all over the building. Just lift up your hand. I'd count it an honor to pray for you. Say, preacher, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you all the way there. I've just been letting fear control me. So you might even say, preacher, for the first time in my life. Now listen, my Sunday school teacher might be shocked. My mama might be shocked. My kids may be shocked. But today, for the very first time, I prayed and asked the Lord to save me. And I meant that from my heart. And now I know I'm a child of God. I know I've got that faith that is stronger than all fears. I just asked the Lord to save my soul today. If that's you all over the building, would you just lift up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to rejoice with you and pray for you. Father, you're worthy of all of our praise. As we sing this song, come to the altar. I pray you'd move on hearts. Lord, to come to this altar and leave our burdens and leave our fears here. 
those that have never given their life to you, in these moments, God, I pray they turn to you. I can't save them. The staff, our deacons, our life group leaders, we can't save a single soul. But I pray people would turn to Jesus, the good shepherd, the author and perfecter of our faith, and let him save their souls. You be honored in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, we're going to be just a little bit different today. Heeding the advice that we're giving by the CDC and the governor and keeping social distancing. In this time of invitation, if you just come to the altar and pray privately alone, rather than one of us getting up in your face, I don't want to give you something. Um, after the service is over, we'll be available. If you need to talk to somebody about being saved or somebody pray with you one-on-one, -on -one, we can hear you better without the music. But for now, can we just come to the altar, whether it's here physically or in the altar of your heart in that pew, Let's stand together. Let's obey the Lord. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Jesus Christ. Listen, if I could earn it, I promise you, this old boy, I'd mess it up and lose it. You can't earn your salvation, you can never lose it. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, please come and talk to one of us after. If you're watching on the World Wide Web, reach out and contact our church through our church webpage or social media. You go ahead and be seated for just a moment.
If you take out the Connect card, if you received a copy of your worship guide today, we'd love to ask everybody to fill one of these out. If you come here every week, this is your church home, just put your name on there. Unless you have praises and prayer requests, you can put those on the back and our staff will lift those up. If you're here for the very first time, we're honored. Perhaps your church was not meeting, their doors were not open today, so you chose to come and worship with us. You honor us by being here today. My wife and I'll be at the very back at the close of the service. We'd love to meet you. If you're a first-time guest, have a gift we'd like to give you. Because we didn't receive the tithes and offerings in the beginning, just a reminder, there'll be folks at our exits to take up the Lord's tithes and our love gifts at all four of our exits, I believe. You can do that or text to give or give online. If we can ever do anything to help you, let us know. If you're sick, particularly our elderly, and you're advised not to get out, if there's something you need, you let us know at the church and we'll do our best to help meet that need. In times like this, family comes together, amen? Pastor Chase is going to come with some super, super exciting news. Got another gift we want all of you to take on your way out. Tell them about that. Man, I'm excited. Listen, I think in the midst of the fear and the confusion, some of the panic that's going on, there's something coming up looming on the horizon, and that is Easter. We are four weeks away from Easter, and we're excited. I mean, we started planning for Easter long before we knew that anything crazy was going to happen in the world, and we're going to keep moving forward because if there's one thing about Easter that shows that through the, that through the, the darkness and the doom and the chaos and the confusion is that God reigns, God is sovereign, and from those ashes come victory. Amen. And that's what we're celebrating this year. The theme for Easter at Airline Baptist Church is victory. Amen. Listen, we are excited because he has risen and we want you Regardless of where you may be during this time of social distancing and this time of, of quarantining yourselves and this time to where it seems that there's, that there's no normalcy in sight, we want you to still go out and promote Easter here because I have faith that in four weeks we're going to be back here and we're going to be loud and we're going to be bold and we're going to be praising the risen Savior louder than ever before. So listen, as you leave today, we have these yard signs. You can grab them. They'll be at the back uh, of that door right there. We've got a few there. There's some stakes there that you put these yard signs in. Listen, if you have a stake from last year that you kept at your house, if you could just leave, you know, use that again this year. We didn't order as many stakes because the idea was you just keep your stake from last year. But if you threw it away, brought it back to the church, we have a lot of those. So grab one. If I need to grab more, I can. So we have those. The Easter invite cards are not here yet. They were supposed to be here, but they got delayed because, you know, there's something going on in the world. But listen, when, hopefully they'll be here next week and we'll be able to give them to you and send you away. This is what they look like. I want to be able to show you guys what they look like. They're up there. And, and really, we're excited for this year because as we celebrate victory, we're offering three ways for you to do that. First, we're kicking things off. You may have heard some rumor. You may have seen it. We've already got billboards up, by the way. They look great. Listen, Good Friday. We are kicking things off on uh, April the 10th with a Good Friday service right here. I'm excited. Celebrating uh, the day which everybody thought that darkness had won, but there was victory in that day. And then we're meeting back here uh, on Easter Sunday for our sunrise service. We've had a lot of new people come and join us. You might not have a clue what sunrise service is. You, you, might, you might not, man, I don't want to get up early and come to Airline Baptist Church and you know, it's, it's real early. Why do I need to get here at 645? But our sunrise service, ask somebody who's been here. 
It's a beautiful, beautiful time. We get to meet right there at that cross out there. Listen to the Easter story as the sun rises. As the sun rises, then we get to go eat uh, eat a breakfast afterwards. Then we'll just keep on moving forward into our Easter worship at 1030 right here. We'll have these cards for you next week to hand out, to give to people, to promote. One more thing too, and I'm going to be done. You can go on our new website. That's where we're pushing, pushing people through. That's our, our new design. It is airlinebaptist.org slash Easter. That has a breakdown of everything. You can see it right here on top of the sign. But one more thing. Whenever we leave here, it is go, our Facebook event is going to go live. So you go, say you're going uh, to Easter Airline Baptist Church. It's going to be a good time. Share it with your friends, that kind of thing. And also going live is our Facebook uh, profile badge. So you can put that there on your Facebook profile. I think that's going live at 12 o'clock, right? 12 o'clock, that's going live. You can search it, you can share it, you can see it. Put that as your profile picture and remind people, look, in the midst of chaos, God reigns and he is victorious. So let's pray. Grab your yard sign. If you're a first-time guest, go visit Pastor Mike. We've got men in the back taking up our tithe and offering, continuing that worship as we go out the door. So make sure to do that. So let's pray. And I think Pastor Mike is going to sing us out, right? Something, play us out, something like that. Let's pray really quick. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you. Thank you for, for not being a God of chaos. God, when there is chaos and disorder and confusion in this world, God, you still reign. You are victorious, God. You are victorious over the the, the powers of darkness that seek to, to cause fear in our life and cause confusion in our life. God, you are a God of order. God, in... And at, at, at times, God, when life seems to be at its darkest, just like it was thousands of years ago, God, when, when, when the world would turned dark because your son had been crucified, when it looked like the powers of hell had won, you said, be patient because in three days something is coming. And we're here believing, God, that something big is coming because through the darkness you reign. So let us here at Airline Baptist Church go out and through the chaos, through the confusion, have an impact for your kingdom because you are victorious and through you we are victorious. Bless this tithe, bless this offering, God, as a continuation of our worship that through this, when everything is stacked against the church, when we're shutting our doors and we're, 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 we're closing our worship services down and we're going online only, when the world wants us to fail because it's really hard sometimes to collect tithes from people whenever you're not physically there, God. Bless this. Let's show people who want to see us fail, God, that through it, you reign. And it's in your name, God, that we pray. Amen.